0: All right
1: here we are here we are look welcome at us back. We're, we're recording welcome we're recording back. i know look at us doing this thing this podcast Ooh. thing Yep. It's, it's in between in between in so, between so ollie, Scott. what are we talking about oh That's right ollie. That's ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. what are we talking about ollie we are going to talk about uh explanation and yeah. argumentation; these are two big practices in science, and we thought we'd unpack these a little bit yeah. uh, because, you know, what we've talked about, like how we've we've dabbled around these two practices. I think we we have yeah. never dedicated a, an episode to to talking about these and differentiating between the two, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that, um, you know, explanation I, they're interrelated, right? And I think that's easy to confuse the two, mm-hmm. um, but they're not the same thing, right? No. And. And this is what we do
0: as academics is we make very fine distinctions between concepts that are related
1: to each other. You're right. I I love it. This is like our, this right in our wheelhouse. And this is where we, we, we we live in this kind of space Live and breathe in this. Yeah. Yeah, So I hope, hopefully you'll entertain us as we uh, try to unpack this a little bit, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Entertaining. You want, you want to jump in with the, like the explanation piece, you know?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, well, actually, let's start with the argumentation piece because I think in in to some extent that predates, right? So, so science education has been obsessed with argumentation for a while, and that and it started with Toolman's work, I think, probably sure. or at least that's where most people would point. And and just to be clear, so Toolman was a philosopher, and and like Dewey before him, right? He who got. And the reason I bring up Dewey is he gets um the scientific method hung around his neck as a thing that he contributed that then became this like litany uh liturgy maybe maybe even more appropriately <laughs> I think so i agree um and and I think similarly it happened with Toulmin. so Toulmin was trying to describe human arguments and what the pieces or components or structures of it were. And of course, as we have said on many times on this show, once you name a bunch of stuff, people start yeah. treating it like it's a rule or a set of, um, you know, specific things that they have to do in a particular order in a particular way, and it doesn't become. It becomes something not what it was originally intended for. So I think, for, or, that's or use the, the way it way. was
1: intended for, right? I mean, exactly. it's mis- misused. I mean, that's a theme of the show like you create something you put it out there it becomes like sort of like standardized and misused and yep. and all that and you know like last you know what was it, a couple episodes ago we were talking about sabermetrics and all that and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah and and but that's the thing is like what, you know somebody comes up with this really great concept like you know argumentation or describes a really great process or concept and and but then it becomes sort of like you know uh standardized and it becomes you know almost procedurized so yeah word?
0: Proced- At, yeah yeah uh procedural or or it becomes you know a uh heuristic or yes. whatever right it, bec- it, it becomes
1: like inspecting. algorithmic it's like here yeah. we go and do yeah. a then then b then c yeah. and that's like we follow these sort of processes and, yeah, and that's i don't think argument
0: that's- crank and just crank
1: I, and i would i would argue that that would not be Tolman's position, or Dewey's position, for that matter, either, right. around the scientific method. But I think it's you know a way to kind of st- standardize those things so other people can use those, and that's right. where I think with argumentation, it's usually the like that claims, evidence, and reasoning thing, right? Yeah.
0: Right. So it's it's, it's a it's,
1: one of them. Right. I mean, right. It's, it's had lots
0: them. of versions. Right. But certainly the core of it that most people would recognize who have any familiarity with science education would be the CER sort of claims, evidence, reasoning structure. Um, and that does I mean, it doesn't come only from Toolman. Obviously, there were lots of people sure. that named those components, but but his work really structured it and became the foundation of of all sorts of analytical measures right so this is where it first came in in science education is through these ways of analyzing classroom talk or scientific talk and then eventually that becomes okay well now we're going to have structures for kids to follow so kids are going to make a claim and bring evidence and and then show their reasoning and so that you get cer journals and you get CER as a foundational practice in the classroom. Right. And and I want to be clear, I don't think that's bad. I think it's just that when when you treat it again as rote or right. or um heuristical or whatever, right, where you're just like, oh, these are the steps we follow, and now I'm really doing science, that's where you you deviate from the path.
1: But I, I wonder if, you know, with a lot of those, you know, heuristics algorithms that whether they're, like, intended to be scaffolds that we pull away, but then they become the thing, right? Like, I think about, like, the 5E model, right? Like, it's a, it's like, I know, you just... If you all would have seen Scott's eye roll, <laughs> but I mean, a, I, that's It was the a
0: full thing. body eye roll. I know yeah. it was
1: like you embodied that. It was yeah. awesome, Um, but that I mean, I think that's the in, intent was like, okay, if we, you, if we create this thing, and it's a it's a scaffold into how to do this, and it becomes the thing itself, right? Yeah, and like the CER thing was intended to be. A, you know, probably a scaffold to help support, you know, making, you know, stronger arguments, Mm -hmm. or at least making an argument, right? And making it stronger, you know, because there's people are making arguments on a whole bunch of things that aren't claims, aren't evidence or reasoning. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, Just passion, just emotion. Let's just make it an argument based on belief. It's just belief belief based system. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. But, but the CR is intended to be like the scaffold, but the scaffold never moves away. It becomes yeah. the thing,
0: becomes the structure, yeah, yeah, instead of a scaffold. Yeah, I mean, the reason I did the full body eye roll in particular is, and this is no offense to Roger Bybee, who's who's I think arguably the founder of the Five E model. Yeah, is is it became not only instantiated in lots of classrooms and lots of other places, but it also became instantiated in the the science uh, NSTA journals where mm. you. If you submitted a manuscript to them, they would say it has to be the 5E model. And it's like, that is insane. Like, it's insane to think that there is only one way to think about anything in classrooms, much less, um, you know, the kind of science teaching and how it should be organized. But but we're not going
1: down that road.
0: Yeah. We, that's that's for another we, we, day.
1: Yeah, we almost did that. We'll we put that a pin. We'll put a pin in that.
0: Put uh, a, yeah. We got yeah. a we got a whole pin board full of pins. I know. Put but a pin but, five,
1: but five E is a yeah. We'll come just around. based on your your eye roll, I think it yeah. deserves a you know a, f- a, a ep- full
0: episode. Well, we'll we'll see whether we it Scott deserves,
1: loses his mind about the five right. E. I've just well, named the episode.
0: A, yeah, we could we could make a list of things that Scott could lose his mind about. Right? Sure. I mean, Pete, PCK, P C K. That's got yeah. a pin in it over there somewhere. But sure. anyway. Um so back to the the plot the main plot. <laughs> so so there was a there has been for maybe the last 20 years or a little bit more um there has been a lot of work both in science ed research and in science ed classrooms that focuses on this claims evidence reasoning structure right as a way as you said to scaffold student thinking and 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 argumentation right sure. so so I think the big pivot now to to talk about and we'll go back and forth between these but I think well, the big Before we
1: before we go jump in explanation I wonder what we should unpack those three concepts like Okay. Claims. Sure evidence, because I think the evidence is something we could probably dig into a little bit, you know, just from what counts as evidence, right? Mm -hmm. What counts as evidence in the scientific community and Mm -hmm. how different communities within science maybe, you know, view evidence different ways. And also that brings in this whole culturally responsive piece because, you know, different folks use, you know, different evidence in different ways, Mm -hmm. you know, based on, you know, their own, you know, communities and and such. So I think there's some, some things that deserve to be unpacked a little. Before we jump into explanations.
0: Okay. And yeah, and and another piece of that is... That what constitutes a claim ev- a claim or evidence or reasoning, reasoning. also is dynamic, so yeah. something that 's a claim now may be reasoning down the road so so that the fluidity of those concepts is one of the reasons treating them as a heuristic is so um, unuseful and potentially um, you know damaging to the kind of classroom community you 're trying to develop. If you think of a claim as always a claim, so here 's a claim and here 's Because I can remember doing professional development with teachers around this kind of stuff and giving them a whole bunch of statements and saying which of these are claims, which of them are evidence, and which of them are reasoning. And there's a lot of debating amongst them because it's contextual. It's not always clear which is which. It has to do with what you're you know, the argument you're engaged in. So I think that's part of the complexity too. But that said, why don't you why don't you take a crack at what you think claims and evidence or pick one and we'll start there?
1: Well, I think you know i'll i'll jump in the middle i guess you know the evidence piece um because i mean that's the piece that we we, we hope that students are, are doing in, in class is like they're collecting evidence right or they're mm-hmm. you know seeking evidence or f- developing ways to to find evidence you know and then interpreting what that evidence is but i think that's the 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 challenge with that is you know how how different communities may be viewing. Like I think about it, like on campus, like this is something, you know, or I was just reading a, 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 a JTE uh, just recently, just for the fun, fun of it. Right?
0: For funsies.
1: This, for funsies. This is uh journal of teacher education, which is the big flagship journal for AERA, which is, you know, um, which mm. is actually a meeting. Is no. it stuff like?
0: No, it's AACTE.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You're, you're right. Yep. That's right. Um. So, But I'm, AERA I'm, is happening I mean, now. Yeah, a, it is happening. a point of order. Sure, yeah. Um, so I was looking through it and overwhelmingly that journal um, privileges uh, mathematical or, you know, quantitative evidence overwhelming. I looked at that, the journal, and there was one pseudo qualitative case study in there. And that qualitative case study in this issue was, um, you know, it was a couple of quotes, but a lot of it was numbers, you know? And I was just like, Hmm. hmm. Now that's a, that's a community there that, you know, respects or values and a, a type of evidence for whatever reason mm-hmm. and then there's other communities that you know if you went to other journals or other other groups or other discourse communities they may see evidence in a, in a very different way because i you know i know you and i you know we value qualitative uh, mm-hmm. research because of the kinds of questions and the kinds of um things we're interested in so i think what counts as evidence is going to change depending on where you are not that 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 you know those numbers Aren't evidence or the those you know quotes aren't evidence. It's just how they're viewed, um, and I think that's the other part about it is that we also have to you know really put boundaries up in terms of you know when we're doing this with students is you know what kinds of evidence that can we use in the classroom to drive scientific argumentation you mm-hmm. know? because they may want to bring up in a lot of types of evidence that like i i, I don't i mean i think that logical place to go would be religion right is that you know there's a you know evidentiary base that mm-hmm. religion uses that is not scientifically based mm-hmm. that's not you know it's faith based it's like okay belief i have based yeah. belief based um and they would say okay i have the i have the bible right and the bible is you know a, an account of history it's an account of something right and and that is taken as being a piece of evidence well that's a great piece of evidence for that community but the boundaries of science and the boundaries of you know the arguments that we're going to make in in this classroom and this are going to be something different it's going to be you know so- things that we can you know collect things we can view things that we can you know that we can do now i know i know straight, straight you look puzzled by that
0: no you know? no i'm not looking i i just think um like i think comparing science to religion is a is a is a pretty common way of trying to differentiate like well what gets to count because a lot of the big tension issues in science education have to do with the tension between science and religion um for me I, you know when i think about the evidence piece i'm much more interested in the nuance in terms of the science community so physics chemistry biology and earth and space science have have different notions of what counts as evidence and and not an extreme as extreme a case as with religion and science but you know again earth and space science which i've i've spent a lot of my career in even though that's not my background um like was much more observational and historical right it was not an. it's not i mean it is now as it as it bled over into other areas of of inquiry, but it, it traditionally um, was not an experimental science because there's only one earth and we can't do experiments on it. We can just make observations about the way it's operating. And then we can do experiments on pieces of it. We can understand parts of it that way. But, um, but that's very different than physics, which is, which is pretty strictly experimental until you drift into, you know, astronomy and cosmology and things that are happening more related to the earth and space science. So I think, this question of like, what do we consider evidence is important. But to your point a second ago, the thing that science that holds all of these science areas together is it's something about observations about the natural world, whether yeah. those are systematized into experiments or whether those are more observational like earth and space. It is something that is external to our human experience that we're trying to both agree on what's happening out there and also trying to use evidence that we can agree on in a in a empirical um sense right you and i look at something whether that's an experiment or something out the window and say oh here's what i'm seeing are you seeing the same thing if we agree that we're seeing the same thing then we can start to make inferences from that 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 it, and that's what science is
1: yeah i think you know, one of the things that you're talking about that I, I think that uh you know we we've spent a lot of uh episodes talking about the next generation science standards and 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 those cross-cutting concepts and you know the Mm -hmm. practices and this is like you know when you dig into the evidence piece it's a really good place for us to you know spend time as a teacher unpacking those things that's where those you know that 3d thing can really come into play is because that's a really good fertile ground for you to talk about the 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 practices and also those cross-cutting concepts like you know the things you're talking about between those the differentiation between those disciplines and content areas is really you know i think scale comes in that one you know mm-hmm. one of those things you know it's really hard because of the scale of time for us to talk about like a astronomical or glacial concepts right mm-hmm. whereas yeah. things that happen in physics are things that happen in you know observable time periods and so I think that is where, you know, it's a logical place for as a teacher, when we're talking about evidence or collecting evidence or looking at evidence um, that it it's, it might be a logical place to bring that stuff in.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah. I think scale is a, is an obvious one in terms of, you know, chemistry and physics, generally speaking, are focused on pretty small scale phenomena, yeah. right? I mean, uh, that doesn't mean they don't have applications to larger scale phenomena, but they're core interest is on the smaller scale phenomenon. And then, you know, biology bridges that having the more molecular end being much more like the physical sciences, but the, but the organismal and uh, ecological end of biology is much more like earth and space science. Um, so earth and space science uh, and, and those systems are much more interested in complex systems level um, things that are happening at very large scales, but also are Relatively speaking, unique um, and and don't lend themselves as well to experiments, right? I mean, if you want to know how how gorilla gorilla um, social groups work, you can't. It's very difficult to do experiments on that. You have to do observational work on that. Um, so, um, yeah, I think and I think all of this lends itself, as you say, to Evidence is sort of the central piece of both the argument and the explanation, right? Because yeah. because the language we use for the explanation is evidence based explanation. We don't just say explanation; we say yeah. evidence based explanation. So evidence is that bridge that sort of ties all those pieces
1: together. Yeah, that's a that's a hard thing for I think for students is to you know push them to make evidence based you know explanation or evidence based arguments, right? Yeah, I mean that's hard for them.
0: Yeah, but I think. You know, maybe this is a time to talk about the difference a little bit. I mean, I think one of the differences, the way that I see it anyway, is argumentation. For me, is what my colleague Rick Dushel would describe as final form science. Right? It's the way that you it's it's the thing that happens at the end of an investigation where you actually start making these claims and your evidence and your reasoning. But most of the work of science is not in that space, and this is a you know this is a chapter that, uh, Greg Kelly and I wrote about like sense-making and, and how sense-making is this important uh, set. It is what science is. It's all that work leading up, like the final forum, the CER thing is at the end. It's like the summative assessment of science, right? But all of the stuff that happens before that is critically important. And that's where we bridge into this idea of explanation, because Explanation is about making sense of the world. Now, in the end, you have to bring evidence to bear, and you have to make an argument. But in the in the you can make an explanation without evidence, right? You can start, and that's you know, if we talk about ambitious science teaching and where it starts their initial model is mostly not an evidence-based model it's just their thinking on how this thing might work right it's it's their sense making based on their own experience and 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 that doesn't mean that it's not grounded in something but it's it's not really deeply evidence-based it's an initial explanation it's a you know in the, in the in Dewey's old school language we would talk about it sort of like a hypothesis right it's not it's not a thing that um is well-articulated and evidence-supported, it's, it's an initial starting point for our thinking. So I think that's one of the distinctions for me between the sort of argumentation and explanation is that explanation is a process that covers the whole, the whole um, endeavor of science from the beginning to the final form. And claims, evidence, reasoning really focuses on that final form and what, what is the end thing that you're trying
1: to get to. So one of the ways that I've, and I'm just going to throw this out, like what, like I see explanations and arguments as being uh, intertwined in that you can maybe have a variety, I'm thinking about this in a classroom setting, Mm -hmm. if we have a variety of explanations, right? And for like, we have a phenomenon that we've, you know, introduced in a classroom and we have these, you know, different groups of students that are working through different explanations, but argumentation is like, okay, now let's, let's to to debate these explanations and like compare and contrast them and like really come to the point where we're drawing on evidence to, to, to come up with the, the, you know, explanation. Yeah. I think,
0: I think, yes, though. I want to put a little nuance even on that, because I would say, you know, a lot of that beginning, you know, a lot of that conversation in between you can pull out bits and pieces that you can argue are claims or evidence or reasoning. But a lot of that even then is sense-making, right? It's a sort of broader way of talking that doesn't necessarily require that formalized notion of like, oh, what you're saying is a claim because you're trying to figure stuff out. So I agree that idea of like, okay, we have competing models and, and a lot of people mix model and explanation in science and talk about them as either the same thing or related things in very deeply deeply connected ways. But um, but this competing explanation idea that you described, I think, is right. Um, and broadly speaking, like in a colloquial sense, it is. they are arguing, um, but they're not arguing in a CER sort of way. They're arguing in a much more informalized sure. sense-making way with, with the end goal to get to some formalized notion of claims, evidence, reasoning.
1: So- We talked a little bit about like CER, you know, I talked a lot about CER, but I think one of the things you talked about was that there are other ways of framing this, you know, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but like, um, Do you have that in your brain hole? Some ways to pull out like other, you know, other ways to frame this that maybe aren't as, you know, I mean, CER is pretty straightforward, but there might be some other ones. I know, I I think you and I were at a conference when I know Greg Kelly has some sort of framework around this because he was referenced. I was, it was you, me and Greg at a conference. Mm -hmm. Somebody was presenting to us and they, you know, drew on Greg stuff and, and Greg's like, that's not. I, that's, that's not, not how right, I no. conceptualize it. <laughs> he, he was he
0: was dewied right there, and yeah, he was
1: exactly. He's <laughs> like, I got to go up and talk to this person. <laughs> I don't think the person who was presenting knew that Greg was in the room. That no, was the best. Probably part
0: not. It. Well, that's the funny thing, right? You just see a name on a paper, and you don't know who that person is, like, and then right. they show up for your talk, and you're like, ooh,
1: yeah. And he leads over, he goes, uh, that's that's no. not that's not how I mm-hmm. explain that. I mean, that's he's so gracious, me. you know, he's he so gracious. So he just goes up. I'm just gonna have a talk with them. It's like, yeah. hi, I'm Greg Kelly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can just see all the blood drain out of their heads.
1: Like, <laughs> no. oh, That's no. the biggest fear is to yeah. reference somebody in a presentation and have that person come up and challenge you. It's yeah. Like, uh, you know, yeah. not really challenge, you know? Right. It, it, it could also be like, Gently that might give have been a Yeah. May, that could have made that person's day.
0: Yeah. Maybe yeah so, it did.
1: Yeah. Who knows?
0: Probably did, given the way that Greg interacts with people. Oh, I know. Like, if That's it was right. me, it would have ruined them. They would have just been so I, sad in a
1: ball in yeah. the corner. <laughs> but
0: Greg is, as you say, gracious and kind. So he would have yeah. said something nice and said, here's a little feedback and something to think about. And uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So what are the other ways we could frame this? What are some other ways that, like, you can, I mean, well, I'm I think, not saying, like, hey, let's, let's, let's replace the CER with these other, right. you know, misused scaffolds. But there are other models out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think we've talked about one of them is is just talking about it in terms of explanations, right? I mean, that's that's a, a simple difference, but it is a difference. Um, and then um, the the other one that I just mentioned is terms of modeling. So you do see like model based inquiry as a way mm-hmm. to characterize this. But I think um, the main distinction remains this distinction between where this where the CER happens, right? That CER has a place because there that is a formalized part of science, but it has a place at a particular point. And this actually, to some degree, ties back to what we were talking about last week about the groupings. right? So the explanation work is is being done in the groups. And then that consensus work, to some degree, is getting more towards that claims, evidence, reason, that formalizing. So we're, we're doing a bunch of thinking in small groups. Well, now let's formalize that into a thing that we can all agree on and and can put on the board and say, these are our claims. This is the evidence for those claims. And here's how we connect those things with reasoning. Um, you know, that, that process tends to happen in whole groups, um, or back and forth, but the sense making and the explanation part often happens in the smaller groups and then the formalizing into the CER and the, here's our final claims that happens in the big group. But, um, I don't know. I mean, are there other ways that you think about framing that that you have off the top of the head?
1: No. I mean, that's honestly that's it's an area argumentation is one of those areas that um specifically in in like instructional models. That's one of the places I I I kind of feel like that's uh, an area that I need to develop a little bit more in, mm-hmm. you know. And and I know um you know as a science teacher I should be doing more of that. Um but well,
0: I don't know that that's I mean, I think you <laughs> you know, the truth is that all science teachers understand this to some degree or another. I mean, I think the big, the the reason, well, here's my thought. I don't know if this is true. I'm just going to say this, um, which is maybe part of the course. <laughs> that's, of, what, that's what we do here. That's yeah, what we do we here. We just say <laughs> things. Um, we just say things. Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the reasons CER became so powerful when it did is it coincided with this with the initial push for the in the National Science Education Standards into inquiry, right? Yeah. So this is the 80s and 90s version of what we're talking about now with the NGSS. So the reason that was important at that point and why so many people latched onto it was because at that point, students weren't making claims. Students weren't bringing evidence to yeah. bear on things. They weren't asked to do reasoning. They were asked to... To do digest. heuristics and right. memorize stuff, yeah. and so CER was a was a ped, both a pedagogical and a theoretical tool to to push towards this idea of what should science classrooms look like. Well, science classrooms should look like places where students are making arguments, where they're making claims about the natural world and bringing evidence, evidence. to bear yeah. on those claims. So, I think it was. Given the sort of historical context, it makes sense that CER became a really powerful um, heuristic that that you know is foundational. I think still to the field, Um, and I think in the same way, we're going to we're you know ten years, fifteen years from now, we'll be talking about the problematic nature of explanations and models, probably, and we'll have some new way to frame it that brings some more nuance. Was that that. that a prediction? Was that you make?
1: That's a I predict,
0: here's a prediction that I have <laughs> that current terminology will not be in vogue in 20 years. That's wow. I'm going to a, go a limb and say, we will not be talking about science instruction using the same language in 20 years as we do now.
1: Yeah. That, that in itself, I think is, is, uh, serves a conversation in, in terms of like, you know, cause I think this happens in a lot of fields and, and that, mm. you know, what uh, people feel like they need to, sometimes rename stuff or like I mean yeah. you think about like the grit resilience mindset Whoa. community, right? I'm just I'm not yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm no, not talking no. about it like as like, hey, let's let's talk Look about how great that is. No, You're but I'm saying. I'm using it as an example of mm-hmm. like through history, you know, there's some of the same and then I know those folks the people who work in those areas would differentiate between those. But I think that to, to anyone outside, we're looking at this and going, okay, those are just renaming, you know, they're subtly different. And I think that um, the same thing happens in every community in that, you know, we, we change some of the, some of the conceptual, you know, framework for it and then rename it as something new. And that's, yeah. that's.
0: Well, I think, you know, there are legitimate reasons for that. Right. And, and some of those legitimate reasons are, well, one is that we get a more nuanced understanding of things over yeah. time as we continue to investigate them and think about them. So it makes sense that we would not use the same term as, as the idea evolves. We want new language to
1: describe it. So that's the that really level, optimistic, optimistic right. explanation right. right there, my friend. And then the
0: other one is that, you know, that, um, well, we're all trying
1: to make our mark in the world. We're all yeah, trying well, to be like, that's yeah. the
0: really cynical. We haven't got it. I know. Right. <laughs> the in-between one is just that um, you know, the the terms get um sort of uh diluted, right? So inquiry is an example that we talk about all the time. Like it had a pretty sharp, clear definition in the eighties. Um, where we're like, okay, this is what it means, and then it slowly became, well, if you're not lecturing, it's inquiry, and it's like, well, okay, so we've lost yeah. that thing has become this like vague term that means everything. So, so there's a sense of we have to rename it, and then yeah, th- then there's the cynical scholarly reason why things get renamed. Yeah. Which is, you can't get yeah. famous using somebody else's idea. Yeah, which is yeah. sad.
1: It I is. mean, it's not sad that you can't
0: get famous. I don't like,
1: like, who I why well, not know. everybody's say, goal
0: is to be famous, but that's
1: right. I was gonna, I was gonna say that it's not my goal, you mm-hmm. know, to be famous, but but here we are, you know, recording a here podcast. We are listening. famous to at famous least 20 people to, to 25 people, maybe, yeah, but yeah, but I, but I think that you know, underlying all of those things, I think that there's you know there's still good stuff. There's still good stuff happening. And I think yeah. even though the terminology will change, I think that the, um, you know, what is it? The, uh, the, um, the time leans towards justice or something. Yeah, What's the, the quote there?
0: The arc of history. Le- uh, bends towards justice.
1: Yeah. And I think the same that's thing. That's it. Thing. Thank you. And mm-hmm. I think the, the same thing's probably happening in, in, in the science community, science education community is that the arc of, you know, progress is about getting students more engaged and more central to the actual process of making science, doing science, making argumentate, uh, arguments and collecting evidence and all that. And I think that's a good thing. What, regardless of what we name it, whether we name it, you know, one thing or another, um, I think that, you know, that's the important part. And we're seeing that progress happening. It's a slow glacial process. I used glacial twice in the same episode. Yeah, well done. Uh, I know, but, um, it's a, it's a slow moving process, but I think that it is happening.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, regardless of what we call it,
1: yeah, regardless of what we call it.
0: Right. I think that shift towards more student agency, you know, I've, I've talked about that explanatory quotient, um, notion that I have about who's doing the explaining in class, who's doing the sense-making like you, that move towards. Student agency, student sense making, like that is that is the arc. Yeah, yeah, if you're talking about what are we arcing towards,
1: it's more student agency.
0: Uh, yeah, hopefully is is you know um, with an understanding that it's never going to be students do whatever they want because yeah. that's not going to happen. But but how do we think about getting it more towards students doing the sense making and then ultimately the argumentation at the end of that sense making about you know principles about the world like that's that's what science is trying to develop is is what are some principles that we can use to help guide our decision making about the natural world and and that's that's the end goal of science is these explanations of how the world works so that we can better understand it and therefore make decisions about things all sorts of things uh, about the way the world works so we're trying to get students to understand, like, that's what science is really about. Yeah. Is like it's, not the big, it's not the big book of facts. Right. right. It's not memorizing somebody else's explanation. Yeah. Right. It, it, because, because that doesn't help you actually understand the natural world. It just gives you some facts. And, and facts are not understanding, as we well know. Right. I mean, this is, yeah. there's
1: clear evidence <laughs> of that. <laughs> and, and just open up the newspaper, turn right. on the television. You, know, you can see Listen that.
0: Listen to your neighbor.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, oh God,
0: please don't go on Facebook. Oh. And and soon, don't go on Twitter, apparently. Yeah, Neither.
1: I know. Whatever, I know, man, you just yeah. sit in a little room
0: and doom scroll yeah. on TikTok, I guess, is oh. all we'll have left.
1: Wait, really? Oh. That's what we'll have left now. Yeah. I don't yeah. have that now, so yeah. I, I don't, I don't I have either. Nothing. I do have nothing.
0: Oh, that sounds blissful, having nothing. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... Evidence-based uh, explanations, evidence-based arguments, CER, jam-packed episode today. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. At let's us. move into joys. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think you, you, you're you up, my friend. Am I up?
0: Oh, I might need so. a minute. What do I need? I, I, oh, I got one. I got okay, one. Okay. Then you, of course you do. You're always on You're top of mind, man. I, you're good at that. So yeah, yeah. go ahead. Not, give me a minute to think.
1: I'm uh, okay. So, I, I think I've mentioned in previous episodes that I am uh, I play word games. I love word games. So, this has been like the banner time for word games with like Wordle and Quirtle and Octortle and all those. And, you know, we could just keep dropping DLs, DLEs at the end of everything. But yeah. I'm not going to talk about any of those. What I'm going to talk goodness. about instead is Game Pigeon. Do you know what Game Pigeon is? No, I Game do. Game Pigeon not. is. uh, It's a texting game. You can like download it and, and it comes up in your little, you know, texting, you know, it's a little texting app and you can play a game against other people.
0: Oh, so, is this, is this whole, like chess over mail sort of game? Yeah.
1: So it's like, you, yeah, you could play chess or checkers okay. or okay. like darts or beer pong or whatever against somebody else. Wow. Right? right. Or pool, you know, you could, you know, like play, you, sure, you take a turn and sure. the next person plays a t- turn all through texting. So my son caught, like he sort of caught me onto this like early in the pandemic, like maybe the first, I don't know, first week of the pandemic. And There's lots of games there. I don't play a lot of them. I play one game. I played Word Word Hunt, which is basically Boggle. It's Boggle. (laughs) Boggle. Text-based Boggle that I've been playing with one colleague for the entire pandemic. So for the last what, 25 months, I have been playing three rounds of Word Hunt with a colleague, Jen Shettle, every single day.
0: Friend of the show, we
1: hope. Friend of the show. I don't think she is. Mm -hmm. She might even know I do this. I don't know this whole podcast thing, but she does every day, some point before the end of the day, I'll get a word hunt request from her, or I'll send her one, and then we'll play three rounds of boggle and the best it's a best of three you know and then we're done until the next day and we've just agreed that because she's a big word game player is this a
0: five day a week or seven day a week
1: thing seven days a week seven days a week three rounds well round uh, best of three of word hunt boggle it is awesome wow i guess
0: i I am game uh, pigeon i am am boggled
1: by that well it takes like it's like three minutes. Did you, did you see what I did there, though. I know. I saw it. I just, it pretty, I just blew past it. Yeah, as you should have, because it was horrible. <laughs> I just was like, mm, uh, touching uh, that
0: terrible I know. steaming pile. That yeah. so it, many it,
1: times you, you like just brush by mine. So I know, that's I was, true returning that favor Thank no, you. word hunt on game pigeon check it out it is lots of fun play with you know and if it, word hunt is not your thing play something else play yeah. you know beer pong and just you don't pong. you
0: don't have pong. to commit to seven days a week no with somebody you could do it just once in a while
1: yeah i will say every day it it becomes like that sort of best part of my day where i'm expecting that and then when it's done I'm I, there's a little bit of grief i have to wait for like mm. 20 24 hours for the next day mm. yeah yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I will say my wife and daughter do Wordle together every night. So they like schedule it. They're like, okay, Wordle in 45 minutes. And like, okay, I'll see you uh-huh. there. And then they do it. And they've been trying to get me to do it, but I don't like it. I'm not, I don't yeah. know if I'm not a word game person or my brain doesn't work that way or whatever. Not my thing. Um, I'm more of like a solitaire cards sort of yeah. player, but, um, yeah, actually, you know, I was going to do something else, but, uh, but I'll do, um, I'll do something, I'll do a game that I've been playing. That's also by a game developer who I really like. Um, so there are a number of games and I'm trying to remember Zach's last name. Let me see if I can find out what his name is. So um, there, there is a, uh, there's a series of games written by this guy, Zach, and I'm going to find out his last name, but um Oh, Zach Gage. Thank you. Okay, I'm on it now. Okay, so the the two that I play a lot are Flip Flop Solitaire, which, which is awesome and sage solitaire but he also has uh he has a chess game he has a bunch of different games but but these are they're like variations on traditional um apps but they're just really well made so i find them to be ones that i spend a lot of my like oh i got nothing to do for five minutes i'm going to play a game of sage solitaire and they have different they have like it's it's um they've got different modes so you can play in different ways so there's like a vegas mode and there's a a multi-deck mode and there's like there's a tournament mode where you get a deck you get like a sage solitaire deck and and you're playing against other people and you get a score and then your score gets ranked so there's all sorts of that sort of stuff but yeah if we're talking about like what are the things we do in the in the interstices when we don't have things to do, and we're like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm just standing around here in line in the d m v uh what do I do well i'm playing flip flop solitaire or sage solitaire
1: often well i think I think there's a lot to be said for games. I think those mm-hmm. are those like sort of mental breaks that we give ourselves to kind of re like people re-energize in lots of ways. some people go for walks, some people you know take naps, you know. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a napper and I'm also yeah. a, a game player. I like yeah. to, you know, um, sometimes I become a little obsessed. Like I, there's some games that I've been a uh, band from, I'm not allowed to play candy crush anymore. Um, yeah. you know, there's a couple of other games over the course of time that I've had to, you know, slowly wean myself off of, or, or, you know, yeah. go cold Turkey. But I think those are things that, you know, help us do the other things of our, our lives. Well, you know, yeah.
0: Or at least yeah. that's what we tell ourselves so we can <laughs> sleep at night.
1: That, yeah, that's exactly
0: <laughs> I'm totally this is totally good for me.
1: Yes, this, it's <laughs> Candy
0: Crush. <laughs> it's, look how good it is for me. It's making <laughs> yeah. me a better human being.
1: Yeah. Or not. One more <laughs> one more game. One or more turning me
0: into, into a zombie linked to their phone. Right. Well, I that, don't know.
1: That's why we have a round of three. That's why I only play a round of three because we uh-huh. would literally play all day until yeah. like, you know, but that's we we said it early. Just a round of three. Can't, to can't call it do a day. It. Yeah. Yeah. I it's,
0: think that it's good so so the moral of today's story is set boundaries on your joys. Yes. Like joys are good, yeah. but you can't have joy all the time.
1: Yeah, you can't eat like ice cream all day. No. No matter <sighs> how that sounds pretty good though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> would you have for breakfast ice cream? Would you have cream? for lunch? ice cream ice cream what yeah. about dinner well a little ice cream and then yeah. i don't know i had a burger in there or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just all make... right oh we are going down another rabbit hole there you go well, Just it's at, at the, the end though of the so people yeah. can
0: just hit the 30 seconds ahead I, I
1: think some people just there are there are people i know who just zip ahead to listen to Joyce because it's like ah, uh, you know what i just want to hear the Joyce. we could just do i like, i think didn't we We've do this done, last year we, yeah and all joys yeah we end did an all joys episode yeah yeah all Joyce. what's coming up
0: all right well hey it's coming up in like eight months we did it's an end of year thing it's not a
1: we don't do no, that. no i uh, didn't we do it you're at thinking the, about
0: the books and movie thing
1: that we did no i was thinking that about was the right. episode that we did at the one at the 52nd episode
0: yeah oh was that the 52nd maybe it was yeah so that's still months away though Dude, yeah come on come on
1: this is what 86 or 87 yeah
0: something like that so 80s. we gotta get to 104 that's a lot yeah. of episodes yet
1: Yeah. It's like if only we could do the math, we would know exactly how many.
0: Yeah. But that involves subtraction. (laughs) And unfortunately, neither of them are a prime number. So you don't just have that
1: memorized. No. What do you do? I don't. All right. Hey, well, it was fun seeing you.
0: It was fun seeing you. And it was fun having all the listeners listen to us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) We'll catch you next time. In between. See you then. Bye now.